You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American. Recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, welcome back. Uh, getting close to the end of 2020, almost Christmas time. Um, I won't be doing Thursday episodes for the next two weeks. Uh, obviously, uh, one's New uh, Christmas Eve. The next is New Year's Eve. Uh, gonna try to uh, enjoy some family time. Hopefully, um, not as uh, well prepared, I guess today. Um, jobs changing, uh, working in the middle of the night, just a different beast altogether. But we're surviving. That's what we do. That's what we do. Anyway, I just want to remind everybody to subscribe, rate, and review. The rating matters. The review doesn't. Uh, five stars helps a whole lot. Uh, gets it higher in the charts and more people listen and can do more fun things. Um, hopefully concentrate on this more than having to uh, work all the time. We'll see. Um, there's always hope. Always hope. Uh, especially this time of year. This is the time of hope. And I really hate the fact that uh, that has been stolen from us so much, especially in this past year. Um, one real quick thing. Uh, if you like to listen to podcasts and this one does not appear there for any reason, let us know. We will get it there because um, we are everywhere that has podcasts. Should be. Um, you can always message me on Facebook at Eric, uh, Eric's America pod at Eric's America pod. We'll get you there or email me at Eric's America pod at Gmail and it goes straight to me because meh, I'm the only one here. So anyway, we'll move on for today. It's not going to be super long. We'll just talk about several things that are going on. Uh, the election stuff still going on. And, um, it looks like at this point, people are going to object. And what is that going to look like? Uh, when they go to count the electoral votes, because I mean, there's still hearings going on. There's still investigations going on. There's still more stuff coming out. It's, it's really insane. And there's been many elections in my lifetime that people said, well, there's some cheating here. There's some cheating there. And if you go on, um, uh, project Veritas, which is very, uh, very good work. Uh, James O'Keefe does an amazing job with, with that. Uh, some very eye-opening videos. He does a lot of undercover uh, journalism that's uh, really interesting goes all the way back to acorn in the obama era and uh, his expose on planned parenthood selling body parts uh, was just unbelievable and of course because it goes against the mainstream uh leftist narrative then obviously um it doesn't get covered that much Anywhere else, any normal time in U.S. history, uh, he would be up for winning Pulitzer surprises. Pulitzer prizes, and unfortunately, uh, the climate we're in right now, uh, they just call him a crazy hack or try to sue him or arrest him for journalism. And he's really good. He really is. So anyway, uh, he always has very interesting things and about, and he's had things come out in the past about different elections and, uh, you know illegal immigrants voting and, and that sort of thing. But nothing's raised to this level in my lifetime that I know of uh, that's ever been exposed to uh, anything. And in fact, they're saying that it's probably the largest of all time. Now, 
1960, we did, uh, I did go over that. Um, there was cheating in, uh, like three cities, uh, due to mob influence, uh, from Joe Kennedy to get, uh, JFK elected. And that was probably one of the biggest, one of the most, uh, well-known, one of the biggest, uh, election frauds in history until now. And now this looks like it's far and beyond anything that anyone's ever seen. And there's so many sides to it. And that's what people really need to understand. There's so many sides to it. I mean, they really knew. They really knew that just one of them wasn't going to work. Uh, you have the big tech and media side where they spent four years screaming about Trump and how evil and terrible he was. And I don't think people really understand why. And that's one thing I want to talk about real quick. Understand why all these people hate him so much. And most of it is desperation to keep their jobs or to keep relevant or to keep the money flowing. And for years, people liked Donald Trump when he would be a commentator or a guest on some of these shows. And he would, you know, talk about and actually my father thought he would make a great president and my dad died in 01. So that gives you an idea of uh, how far in the future he saw, I guess. Um, but the big thing for years, he said, well, the American people, we're just getting ripped off all the time. We shouldn't get ripped off. We're getting ripped off. And there's so many things that go on and so many cockeyed, screwed up, ass backward ways that bureaucracy uh, lives and we all know it's ridiculous and we all deal with it because, well, that's just the way things are. But what you had was somebody coming in saying, why are we doing this? Why are we spending this money? Why do we do it that way? This is all dumb. We shouldn't do it this way. Let's streamline it. Let's make it, you know, more efficient by making it more efficient. It will cost the American taxpayers less. And hey, all these uh, people are working and giving us money. We should invest it correctly. We should, uh, you know, do what we say we're going to do. We should give them, you know, good roads to drive on. They're paying for them. It's their roads. So it's, it was a completely different idea. We should give them safety. They should have the greatest military because they're given all their money. They shouldn't be paying for, you know, the gender diversity studies major at, you know, Yale who got in because her parents paid the um, dean or dean or the president of the school off to get them in there. That's not what the American taxpayer should be paying for. We should be paying for real essential things that benefit us. And so when you go in with that attitude and people wonder, well, why, you know, and they make a big deal of it. They always have, they're like, well, there's, you know, there's Republicans that don't like Trump and there's Democrat, you know, all the, all the left hates Trump. And then, you know, there's some on the right that hate him. Well, of course they do. Of course they do. They've lived and thrived in bureaucracy. And the whole point was, let's get rid of it. You know, why are we, you know, why are we footing the bill for all this stuff around the world? We should stop. We should take care of ourselves. And, and that's where you get the insanity that we're dealing with now. When people make so much money off exploiting the economic conditions around the world, they want to appease their conscience by saying, well, you know, hey, all this money we're making here, yeah, we pay all these taxes and it benefits all these programs around the world. Well, the problem is 
a lot of the money you're spending are just people that are working hard and trying to take care of their family and better their life. It's not to say, and this is this is where a lot of people on the right, a lot of conservatives and that sort of thing, we get called, oh, you're heartless. You, you don't care about other people. You don't have sympathy or empathy. You know, what about those starving people in that third world country? Well, it's not good. But I'm trying to survive here. And what a lot of people don't realize is without America, the light goes out. We are the shining light for the world. The rest of the world looks at America and goes, you know what? If we could do this and that, that's who we want to be. We want to be just like them. Let's work hard to be just like them. You snuff that light out. And the world will slip in. And I, I'm, it may sound like hyperbole. It may sound insane. But it does slip into the dark. This is not a dark time of the year. Unfortunately, with circumstances being what they were in 2020, Christmas this year does not feel very festive, and it definitely doesn't feel very hopeful. It has been one of the most insane years, and I believe that's what uh, that is what I'm going to cover next Tuesday. We're just going to do a recap. I should say a recap. Yeah, what a crappy year. We're going to recap the crappy year recap the insanity that was 2020 and what we've all lived through in just one year yeah i heard a joke the other day somebody said their five-year plan was to get through 2020 and it's it's about right it has been it has not been a race it has been a a gauntlet of a marathon to get through this year it has been quite insane but one thing about christmas and I can tie this in. You know, this is the good part. You can always find a tie-in. So, the one thing that has made America great for a long, long time, and one thing that we live by, the American way, is an Ameritocracy. We don't care what you look like. We don't care what gender you are. We don't care about any of that. The whole point, the whole idea of creating this great nation was we don't care where you come from. We don't care if you're rich, but we don't care about any of those things. All your immutable characteristics do not matter. What can you do? I don't care that you were, you know, homeless last week. You're working hard this week. We're going to reward that. That is equality. That is the most equal society that has ever lived. Now we hear about equity which is an unequal society, which is where you hurt people to try to make other people feel better. It's been tried many times. It's an abject failure. It is slavery. It is evil. And it usually requires a whole lot of people to be dead. Because the problem is you can't put your thumb on the scale without squashing somebody. Christmas, we've all been told for years. And I'm not talking about the original Christmas story, the origin of Christmas. I'm talking about the more commercialized, more secular Christmas. Strangely enough, is more of an American sort of story. 
You see, if you're good and you do the right things, you get very rewarded. I'm surprised that the socialists haven't canceled Christmas yet. Maybe that's why they're trying. It is one of the most blatant forms of how an meritocracy works. If you're good and you do the right things, you are rewarded. You get gifts. That's who Santa is, is apparently the judge of merit. You merit this, and you didn't follow the rules. You haven't been good, so you don't get rewarded. It, uh, it is kind of funny, I think about that, and think about where are we going? What is the end result of all this insanity when it comes to equity? I mean, this is the time of year we talk about celebrating not only friends and family, the act of giving because it makes you feel good or the act of, you know, weighing one's merits. Has someone done the right things and been trying to do right? You know, that's great. It's also the time of charity, which is actually one of the uh, most sacred institutions in America in America, especially due to capitalism. People made a lot of money. People were very wealthy, and those people felt like they should give to charity. They weren't forced to. There's so many of these great things that are tied into Christmas that are only possible through a free society. Celebrations can only happen when people are truly free. Otherwise, it's forced. And they don't hold the same meaning. There's so many things that we've been told to give up this year. And for reasons that all of us know don't make sense. COVID. Now that COVID has a vaccine, which apparently... The idea was to give it to people who truly needed it. Let's give it to older people. Let's give it to people that are uh, at higher risk. People that should receive, you know, protection. Well, now Congress are the people. People like AOC got the vaccine because they're essential. Trust me, AOC is not essential to any American's life, period. Plus, she's 30 years old and apparently in fairly good health and quite wealthy to afford afford any medical treatment she would desire. Um, Why should she be first in line? Now, I could understand somebody like Joe Biden. Okay, he's got one foot in the grave, the other on a banana peel. He's barely coherent and... A strong wind could knock the man over and kill him, much less something like COVID. But where where have we gotten? Now we have media. They're essential. They can broadcast from home or they're in a very social distanced studio. While the working people the elderly who truly need protection, the elderly, especially elderly in care homes like my grandmother, well, they have to wait behind people like AOC to get the vaccine because she's so essential. 
It's gone beyond hypocrisy. Yes, they are hypocrites. Yes, they are just not good people. All those things are true. But we've really gotten to the point where we have a mental disorder, I believe. It truly has to be a mental disorder to feel that you are so essential that people who work hard to pay your salary and that you answer to are just not even worth even keeping up the appearance of any sort of ethical guidelines. It is sad, especially this time of year. Shouldn't we be celebrating our family? Shouldn't we be celebrating that we made it through and now we have a, a vaccine to help people that are more at risk? We should be. And that should be the story. Unfortunately, again, we have people that are not only not at risk of, by a long shot of dying from this, but they're jumping the line. Just like they do in every dictatorial tyranny across history. Very sickening. But the one thing that really struck me, not only the COVID, because obviously that's going to start going away. Hey, we have a vaccine now. It's being distributed. People are getting vaccinated. It's not going to be much longer before there's no way you're going to convince anybody in the public that they need to stay, stay home and shut down work and everything else. Well, what's the left going to do now? It's terrifying to think about what that could mean especially now that we're talking climate again. I won't go into all the climate stuff. Needless to say, I don't believe mankind has any effect on the climate of the earth unless we would do some outrageously insane... Um, uh, what, do you, what would you call it? Suicidal... Uh, sort of actions of, you know, maybe setting off the entire nuclear arsenal all around the world simultaneously and and literally doing something that could really salt the earth and burn it down. Other than that, I don't believe that we have the capacity. And even if we did that, let's 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 go to that extreme. Even if we did that, eventually the earth, the atmosphere, the system that is in place Mother Nature will find a way to reclaim and make it anew. We know this. We've seen this. We've witnessed this. But you see, nothing is ever about what it's about. Not with the left. Not with people who have the idea, ideology of power, greed, and control. It's never about what it's about. One of the most terrifying things was when I heard Joe Biden say that we needed to have a global or a nationwide plan to attack the climate crisis the same as we have COVID-19. Pleased to announce a team that will lead my administration's ambitious plan 
to address the existential threat of our time, <clears throat> climate change. Folks, we're in a crisis. Just like we need to be a unified nation in response to COVID-19, we need a unified national response to climate change. And from this crisis, from these crises, I should say, we need to seize the opportunity to build back and build back better than we were before. Yes, I read good. Um, sorry, I, I can't stand the uh, build back better. It's just so phonetically stupid that it's hard to listen to. Um, they've talked about this around the world, about doing forced recessions to uh, lock people in their homes uh, to shut down the economy to somehow affect the climate. And this is what's terrifying to me. And this is what terrifies me for going forward. Are we going to have climate lockdowns? Are we going to be forcing shutdowns? That's what's coming. You see, there's already people in the administration calling for Biden if he takes office, which we should really hope and pray does not happen. But to declare an emergency and take over emergency powers because the climate crisis sounds crazy, but it's very possible. And I fear that this is the outcome we will get if, like I suspect, the Senate Senate races in Georgia go to the Republicans. Because if that happens, essentially, and I've talked about this, Biden becomes a lame duck president for four years. They don't have a very large majority. In fact, it's going to be four or five seat majority in the House, which is the thinnest it's been since World War II. And they will not have the Senate. And therefore, and on top of that, you will have a conservative court, hopefully. That is not shown its face yet. Uh, I mean, they may be conservative ideologically in some ways, but conservative in the fact of standing up to things they they have not shown that they have the backbone yet but in that scenario when you don't have a huge majority in the house to get things done and you don't can't get it through the senate and if your orders your um executive orders are then challenged in court and you have a court that's more than likely going to rule against you well there's not a lot you can do and that'll essentially be where joe biden will be if he does get uh, inaugurated as president. That's actually kind of terrifying to me. I don't think there is a good scenario. And this is why I think the fight for Donald Trump to be uh, inaugurated again is so, so desperate. Because you see, the idea is he gets to this position and realizes he can't really do all the crazy radical things that he wants to get done. He can't pack the court. He can't add states. He can't get all these crazy radical policies through. Well, what do you do? Well, you declare a state of emergency. And as we all have witnessed for this entire year of 2020, so we all are very clear what that means. Declare a state of emergency. It's, a, it's an emergency. The world's going to burn down tomorrow. So we're going to have to take all these actions now. And if you don't, then you're not an American. You're not patriotic. You hate everybody. You want to kill grandma. We heard this all year. They've learned. They've watched and learned. And they've seen how compliant Americans are when we feel like, yes, we need to do our duty. 
And I believe that's what will happen, because there is no other way for him to get any of these crazy policies through. Because, obviously, they will be challenged. You're not going to be able to get them through legislature. And if you issue executive orders, there'll be people lined up to then take them to court and say, listen, this isn't, this isn't right. You can't do this. And then the court decides. The way to get around all of that is then to declare a state of emergency and take basically as the commander in chief, you then mobilize the army and armed forces to then enforce anything that states and local governments don't really want to abide by. Now you'll have many of the same blue state governors like the uh, Gretchen Hitlers and uh, Gavin Newsom's and all these idiots around that will blindly follow along and want to lock their citizens in their homes and no, you can't go to work. You can't drive your car. The world's going to burn down tomorrow. If you start your car, if you go to work, I mean, you might as well just plow over the rainforest. You know, you're killing your grandchildren that aren't even born yet just by, you know, walking outside and, and starting your vehicle. This is the insanity that is coming and it's terrifying. So for Christmas, Hopefully, all of us have, have proven ourselves worthy to have a true Christmas miracle and a true Christmas gift, which is that these hypocritical, lying, power-hungry tyrants truly get what they merit which is a huge loss and a huge smack in the face as our gift for 2020. We should all hope and pray for that. What I'm going to do, I'm making this one short because it is Christmas week and myself, I think I have one more day. Yeah, one more day of work. And then I have a couple days to spend with the family. And I hope you do too. And I hope you haven't listened to all this covid gobbledygook and and all the hypocrisy and idiocy that comes along with it please enjoy your family please enjoy those that you love because that's what this time of year is really about celebrating life celebrating family celebrating hope that's what we need i hope we do deserve to get the present we all so desperately need after the insanity that has been 2020. Tuesday, we're going to go over the insanity that has been 2020 and what has transpired and what the plan that they want to do for 2021 and what we need to do to stop it. Because we can. They can't put us all in jail. They can't take everything away from all of us. We stand together. They don't stand a chance. As the famous Ben Franklin said, we must all hang together or we will assuredly all hang separately. And that is very true because in the ideas of lockdowns and in jail for opening a business or going outside or trying to earn a living or supporting your family, 
this climate thing is going to be the next big crisis because the left cannot live without crisis. There's no way that rational, well-thought-out people, citizenry, would ever go along with any of it. It is too insane and it is too outlandish. But if we are well-educated and well-prepared now, we can stop it. We can hang together. This beautiful country that was born from a revolution, we harbor that revolution inside us, every one of us. We want to be free, and we will remain free. I believe that. I I don't believe that this will... I know it's terrifying and, and, and scary to think about all the insanity they want to do, but I don't believe it will work. It All it takes, all that evil needs to succeed is for good men to do nothing. I believe there is way too many good men and women in this country to stand by and do nothing. So I believe it will change. So there is hope. There is hope coming for the election. I see that they are challenging it. They've already came out and said, you need one senator and one House member to both sign on to um, object, and then it has to be um, uh, have special sessions and, and debate on the election. And then if it goes too far, if it's pushed past a certain date, then it goes to uh, the House votes on the president and the Senate votes on the vice president. It could get very interesting. In fact, very interesting tidbit. That's how Thomas Jefferson became president, by the way. All these fun things. These things have happened in the past. It's just been a really, really long time. But it's 2020. Nothing's off the table. So let's hope for a Christmas miracle. Let's hope for that we've been good enough to merit a little bit of hope going forward. And let's enjoy our families and stop listening to the COVID insanity that will not stop until they can bring up the next crisis, which we're going to talk about on Tuesday, along with what has happened in 2020 and what could happen in 21, what we should know. Until Tuesday, please remember, no agenda, just America.